Hi everyone and welcome to episode 4 of A Casual's Guide to MMA. This is a podcast for the fans and by the fans. I'm Anish and I'm Abhishek and we're your hosts. We're just a couple of MMA fans who like to chat shit, so don't take anything we say too seriously. All right, hope you enjoyed this enjoy the show. Uh this episode we we're going to do a recap of the last fight night card. What an amazing fight night of fights we had. And if the pacing we have to give ESPN credit for the pacing for this fight card it was uh, it had the most number of fights but i think it finished 2 hours earlier than expected whenever there was a finish like they played the next fight started straight away there wasn't multiple ads and promotions like it was in FS1 so good job mm-hmm. ESPN yeah and i like that a lot better than just that Yeah. Like what is it usually it's like 10 15 minutes or something between usually they have a lotted time of 15 minutes plus whatever mm-hmm. advertisements so yeah. uh, what do you say fs1 especially i think they, it was different for them red right? because they had to uh, that particular time slot was already booked so they had to make sure okay. that the ufc went that long because i think this yeah, was on espn plus so it was easier for them to like it's an app right it's not scheduled like how it is on regular tv so it was easier for them yeah. one fight after the next which is 100 times better cuz like you don't have to reset every time the fight starts you're still in that that adrenaline from the last fight is still mm-hmm. running through and then you you watch yeah, exactly it's crazy i loved it yeah just so much better um yeah anyway then let's get right into it we're going to start with our main event of the night which was robert whitaker versus darren till uh whitaker won the decision I mean it was a very close fight and I personally had had uh, Till winning the decision oh, with um, Till taking the first round Whitaker taking the second and third mm. and then Till taking the fourth oh. and fifth rounds yeah yeah um I'm, I'm in the post fight interview I think uh, um we found out that Rob hurt Till's knee with a stomp mm. in the second round oblique you know, kick oblique. Over, yeah oblique kick and that overextended it and um, well, it definitely affected Till but despite that i think he got the fourth and fifth rounds you know it would have affected his kicking and his footwork and just his overall stability but uh, yeah overall it was a really good fight extremely technical um till you know being a counter puncher um was obviously reacting counter puncher this fight i was so happy about it he wasn't over aggressive like he was uh, what do you say against masvidal and even against woodley in that second round in the first round if you remember yeah. Till didn't throw a single punch. He was all fainting and setting everything up, and then in the yeah. second round, he, he it was he made it too obvious that oh now that I what do you say set everything up, let me just go in and blitz, and what do you say try to get a finish here, which he didn't do at all. He stayed very calm, and yeah, I think I enjoyed this fight more than any other fight on the main card or on the prelims. Honestly speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. it might not be that crazy what do you say rockum sockum robots lots of blood and everything but i was at the edge of my seat throughout the it was just high level striking which was yeah. happening from both sides not just darren and mm-hmm. his fans whitaker with his fans showing yeah. different looks and everything it was just a fantastic fight but uh, i think one of the problems with being such a passive counter striker is when it comes to these decisions because like if you're just seen as going you know evading shots and moving back and stepping out of the way so much then it's hard, it like overall the round seem even if you do land some shots overall the round seems like the other, the, the opponent is exactly. more that's what so that's oh. the drawback of this passive thing and i'd like to see him be more aggressive like 
especially when you know when he knows that till well, suppose when he knows Whitaker's taken a round the next round i would like to see him be more aggressive with his counter striking you know because he because he just loses rounds this way because a lot of these rounds were really close like the third fourth and fifth um were extremely close for me you know the first and second one of them dropped the other so it yeah. became more easy clear easy cut score, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, the third exactly. round, I feel, was quite easy to score. I think Whitaker landed quite a few shots, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. had my scorecard the exact same way you had it. I think okay. for one, two, three, I don't think any. It, it's very difficult to argue that the other mm-hmm. person won the round, even though like, the Whitaker yeah. till third round was a lot closer than the second round was. I still think yeah. Whitaker comfortably won that round. I, I, I would. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any controversy with the first three. It's just that the last two were extremely yeah. close that's when you go by damage or you go by volume right because Whitaker was yeah, throwing yeah. a lot and everything yeah. but Darren was avoiding everything only issue is I don't know if it was because of his legs or what it was yeah. because he was evading and reading those hooks so well even though yeah. like we, we talked about in the first podcast that Whitaker should use his wrestling which he didn't do in the Arasanya mm-hmm. fight and that like yeah. even though it wasn't to control Darren it was more to mix mm-hmm. it up right in order to lower his levels and uh, just increase the threat because I think Darren's takedown defense and the way he gets up is so good that I don't yeah, think exactly. Whitaker could what do you say control him on the ground like land ground and pound too much it was more to like just put that in Darren's head that yo I can take you down as well yeah. but it, towards the even though he was doing that the third fourth fifth as well like Darren was slipping those shots so beautifully but he was mm-hmm. just not Whitaker was there for the counter but Darren after avoiding was resetting rather than going for that counter like you said and that yeah. probably hurt him even though if you score a fight the rules are damage first that's how i yeah, like based absolutely. on the unified rules we go by damage first and even though like whitaker was saying that oh the fifth round was given like i think i got it because of the takedowns but the takedowns don't score yeah. at all if you don't have any control if you don't pass or do anything right and darren landed yeah. that crazy good elbow that is the most mm-hmm. damaging shot in the ma- in the round so you have to yeah. give him that round you cannot give that round to whitaker fourth round okay yeah, i can no, I, I agree i fourth round i can understand giving whitaker like the round because it wasn't like Darren landed, landed too many damaging shots. He obviously landed a knee and he landed a good elbow as well. Nothing to the extent of the fifth round or the first round. But yeah. uh, I, I don't think there's any argument. Like you can't say that the takedowns won him the fight or won him the round because apart from the second round takedown, which uh, Robert got because he knocked Darren down and then mm-hmm. he controlled him while Darren was getting his wits together. Uh, yeah. Apart from that, the minute... Robert got Darren to the ground. He was up straight away, right? There was no yeah. control in the fifth all. round, especially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the fifth round, especially, like he took him down three times, and immediately within up, up, like up. a couple of seconds, he was back up again. And, the and reason, then at the end of the fight, sorry. like at the end of the fight, you saw Whitaker look the worst fighter. Like you know, he got that the couple of cuts on his nose, and then the cut on his head. Heavy all of up. that damage came in the fifth round. So I see no way where Whitaker could could have won the fifth round when. Yeah. You know, when you just consider the damage and then those how ineffective those takedowns ended up being. 
Yeah. There's no way that. And the reason he went for those takedowns was immediately uh, like after Darren cut him, right? It wasn't yeah. like uh, what yeah. do you say? Whitaker. It was immediate. All like he's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, and he went for the takedown yep. straight away. So yeah. I I don't like if you scored it forty eight forty seven Whitaker, I totally understand. Like that's a very viable yeah. scorecard. I think the majority of the people also had it forty eight forty seven Whitaker. Mm-hmm. But people saying forty nine, forty six, and Whitaker winning the fifth round, and it wasn't even close. Yo, you guys need to either learn about striking or otherwise read the rules in terms yeah, of just because somebody is yeah, yeah, just because somebody is advancing and throwing punches, regardless of them landing, that doesn't count at all. You mm-hmm. look at damage and damage alone. But yeah, anyway, absolutely. the judges broke my yeah. heart once again. My underdog <laughs> pick <laughs> cost me another four points, but I don't think yeah. this was. As as controversial as the Holloway one, I think the Holloway one yeah, is a yeah. lot clearer than this is. But um, yeah, uh, good call, Anish, when it comes to getting Whitaker by decision two points more. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I mean overall a good fight. I mean, and I think Whitaker. I mean, sorry, Till even said after the fight, like you mentioned earlier, that um, you know Rob has those other weapons in his arsenal, like threatening the takedown and all of that. Mm-hmm. This interview where Till says, you know, Adesanya is easier, mm-hmm. exactly, because he doesn't have that threat. And I think, you know, that threat definitely affected him. And then in between rounds, when he was talking to his corner, he even said, like, his, you know, he's hurt his knee. Yo, hurt his but knee his poker face his was insane. Like, yeah, he, I showed it all. Yeah, even uh, Robert was kicking his leg. He was like, hmm, he was nodding his head. And mm-hmm. like, it's yeah. so much gamesmanship. <laughs> oh, I, I love these two fighters, like, more than anything in the middleweight division. These are my top two favorite fighters. And <laughs> I enjoyed that fight so much. That was a mm-hmm. fantastic fight. Whitaker yeah. made, uh, like, let's give Whitaker credit for that. Like, in that first round, he tried that same blitzy fight against Adesanya mm-hmm. and Till yep. caught him straight with that elbow. That was awesome. Yeah, that elbow is perfect. Yeah. yeah we, I, you could see the confidence difference because in the Gaslam fight, when Gaslam used to blitz, Darren put his hands up and, like, clinched up, right? He immediately mm-hmm. pushed yeah. him. But over here, he used his elbow and hurt Robert bad, man. Yeah. You could see. And like, Whitaker didn't, even his corner didn't know what landed. They said it was a left yeah, hand, like, but that elbow was beautifully landed. And then after that, Whitaker, like, once he got his bearings, he, he made great adjustments. He was never blitzing at the same time, fainting a lot. His, uh, he mm-hmm. was, his outside foot kept on moving away from Whitaker, uh, sorry, from Till in order to create different, different angles. It was a, such a technical fight. Oh, I loved it so much. Yeah. Overall, a good, like a really good main event. Great end to fight, Alan. Yeah, and now interesting to see where these two fighters go from here. Uh, what do you think happens with, with you know, with these two guys? It's I don't. Whitaker was calling for the title shot in his, uh, what do you say, in his uh, post-fight interview. I I don't. I you can't give him a title shot, especially after yeah. it being so one-sided. Regardless of how good a champion he was, he did beat Yoel mm-hmm. Romero twice and. He didn't do it like how Adesanya did it, where he's like, okay, if Romero's not going to engage me, I'm just going to yeah. kick his legs and jab a bit and win a point fight. He actually mm-hmm. like properly went, it went to war with Romero. First, yeah. first fight, Romero hurt his legs with that same oblique kick, which Whitaker landed yeah. and he won the last three rounds of that fight. Then in the... Mm-hmm. 
in the second fight, in the first round itself, Whitaker landed his right hand and broke his hand and still won a decision going with yeah, the exactly. and not And he, he never took a step back because even in that third round in the second fight, Romero mm-hmm. hurt him bad and you could see Whitaker still elbowing, landing high kicks. He's a savage, man. So, like, we would love to see him in a fight, like, a title fight again. But I don't mm-hmm. think he should get Adesanya next. He sh- I feel if Adesanya Costa is happening, Jared Cannonier mm-hmm. hasn't fought in a long time. He fought yeah. Jack Manson last, last yep. year. Yeah, so you give him, and they were supposed to fight again, UFC 248, like we mentioned mm-hmm. in the uh, pre-fight uh, show, that uh, those two were scheduled to fight. And then Rob said he was burnt out and he pulled out. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, exactly. you could put those two and then you give Till Hermanson because... Till yeah. is the name and Hermanson coming off that crazy win over Gaslam. Both of them have beaten Gaslam yeah. before. I think that would be a good fight as well. And it, put that on a European fight night, both of them being really good, uh, mm. what do you say, European fighters with big fanfare behind them in Europe. So put them yeah. over there. And uh, you put a matchup, a Whitaker and Cannonier, winner of that gets the title mm-hmm. shot. Anyway, Costa and Adesanya are going to fight. There's no way Adesanya is going to, unless he just runs through Costa, he won't <laughs> fight again this year. Yeah, right? for a while. Yeah. yeah, so he'll probably fight beginning of next year. So you book yeah. Jared uh, Robert under, under Paolo Costa, Adesanya, or maybe a few fight cards later and then match them up probably in February at that time. Hopefully, yeah. Corona's gone and they usually have a pay-per-view in Australia, right? In February. So, you uh, match them up over there. I think I think that's the best scenario for the middleweight division yeah. right now. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Whitaker, Cannonier, and then Tillen, Hermanson, and, you know, uh, you then the winner of Adesanya give, Costa. Yeah, you could also give uh, Till the winner of Uriah Hall Romero. That's also coming up. So yeah. that fight as well, but then you're just selling Hermanson shot. That's yeah, I think he Hermanson deserves a you know yeah. a, good, a big a name fight with yeah a big name exactly. Yeah, I agree with really you. Really impressive performance last week. Yeah, imagine yeah. submitting a black belt in Kelvin Gastelum in what do you say ninety seconds? That's yeah, exactly. Craziness. <laughs> I have to give him credit for that. Yeah. Neither Adesanya or Till was able to even remotely come close to doing that against Gastelum. So that exactly. was fantastic. Yeah. Then moving on to the next fight is Mauricio Shogunhua versus Antonio Little Log Noguera. Uh, Shogun won by split decision. Um, a clo- I think a close fight, especially the first two rounds. The only round which I had clearly for one fighter, you know, was the third round, which I gave to Shogun. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Shogun, you know, kicking as expected. He seemed faster than Noguera, but um, obviously Noguera's boxing still very strong. Yeah, very good. Uh, and those body kicks, you know, were um, really effective, I feel. Uh, but, you know, I felt bad for Lil Nog because, you know, his last fight probably ever, you know, and you could see, see it on his face after the fight that he really wanted this win after, you know, losing twice to Shogun before. But yeah, overall, uh, not the most entertaining fight, but, you know, just a, I guess, like a novelty thing, just, you know, his last fight and, you know, trilogy or whatever. What do you think? Yeah, first, that trilogy makes no sense. In Shogun. Yeah, because yeah, it exactly. Uh, I saw a stat on Twitter saying that Shogun has beat uh, uh, Noguera in three decades when Noguera was yeah. in his 20s, in his 30s, in his 40s. Which <laughs> is sad because Noguera, yeah. for sure, he's a legend. And I think mm-hmm. 
uh, I agree with you that the third round was clearly Shogun, but I think the mm-hmm. first round was clearly Lil Nog because oh, yeah? if you remember, mm-hmm. Lil Nog hurt Shogun with his boxing, and Shogun initiated mm-hmm. that takedown and tried to get that takedown straight away, right? So yeah. I I gave the first round to Lil Nog, third round. Mm-hmm. To Shogun, I think those were clear. Second mm-hmm. round, I gave it to, like you said, those body kicks started adding up. You could see, you know, yeah. one, it, it could either be the age, the also pill, playing a factor. He's 44 yeah. years old, man. Imagine fighting in the UFC mm-hmm. at 44 is insane. And to be honest, he looked in much better shape physically than Shogun did. So yeah. a mix of the age, the body kicks, you could see him slowly, his output was Wearing way out. down. He was backing up a lot more than he was. His yeah. counting wasn't as sharp as it was in the first round. And mm-hmm. like people saying that, oh, this is a crazy fight, fight of the night. I think it, I thought it was a very clumsy fight. Honestly, didn't enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. I didn't enjoy Wait, you, it. There were people saying that? I don't know. People were saying fight of the night and all for this. Yeah. Obviously, emotions come into play because, yeah. because the, these are like beloved legends, right? They yeah, obviously exactly. pride never dies. So. That whole nostalgic factor yeah, comes in. Sure. That yeah. comes into play, but in terms of the the level of fighting, honestly, mm. it was very sloppy. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much, but good for good for Little Nog. I think he got his wish for fighting one more time. Unlucky he didn't get the decision. I feel he fought yeah. really well. Gave a good account for himself, even at forty four years old, going like split decision with Shogun, who is still one yeah. of the best. Is it's crazy. So props to him and yeah. hopefully he has a fantastic retirement and does well in whatever he does next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the next fight, Fabricio Wadu versus Alexander Gustafsson. Yeah, exactly. A round one submission for Wadum. He, he looked so much better than his previous fight. Physically, yeah. Just physically, yeah. Like, you know, his, like his fat was a lot less <laughs> just in, Very not slim and anish with the fat just overall just because you're, <laughs> you're, you're fat <laughs> <laughs> obviously i feel bad <laughs> yeah but like it just seems so much healthier and more you know fitter and uh just seemed really hungry for that like the way he chased down gustafson you know after gustafson just managed to get up and then, like almost like a rugby tackle, just brought him back down to the ground. He pulled. Then, uh, he literally. Yeah. He pulled him <laughs> off. I think what yeah, ex- such a big advantage when it, because his jiu-jitsu is so elite, regardless mm-hmm. of whether he's on top or on the bottom, as long as it's yeah. on the ground, he knows that that's his domain, right? Yeah, so, exactly. And he's confident he, there. Yeah, like he could even the first time when he pulled guard and Gustafson landed those good shots while he was getting mm-hmm. away, it was literally him because he he knows that if wrestlers like Cormier and Jones could not take mm-hmm. Gustafson down easy, but room is yeah. not even close into in the rest department yeah. but what he does have is elite level jiu-jitsu and he pulled guard yeah. twice and the way he chased Gustafson and dragged him down mm-hmm. and he used that same setup I was telling I texted this to you right was that mm-hmm. whatever he always does this and I don't know how people still don't see it considering he did it to Walt Harris he did it even mm-hmm. in his last fight to Olenek he got Olenek in a in a similar position obviously Olenek is like a his jiu-jitsu is on another level compared to yeah. Gustus and not even close. So he was able yeah. to get away. But he he always does that where he threatens the rear naked choke. Yep. And, everybody and then transitions. Away and then transitions to that beautiful yeah. armbar. And 
the minute he got that Gustafson was trying to use that grip but you knew it was the beginning yeah. of the end at that point in time yeah because there's so much time left in that round like and you know, dry also just... no that's the biggest yeah, exactly. is that it was in the first round yeah. you get on, you get imagine being on the floor with Fabrizio Verdum no sweat nothing there's no chance yeah. of surviving that it's, <laughs> it's just real it's really a bad position and i think yeah. Verdum even on the feet you could see that he fought a very very smart fight he was always mm-hmm. far he was not even close to boxing range if gustafson closed the distance he went all the way in to the like almost like a tie clinch sort of scenario or he was all mm-hmm. the way out in terms of the kicking range and he was hitting gustafson's leg yeah. like what john jones was doing so he never yeah. let gustafson get into any sort of rhythm where he was like throwing his combos because Gustafsson is not mm-hmm. known for somebody like a Rumble Johnson or a Francis Ngannou having that one punch knockout power right it's usually yeah. combinations like, which so, he yeah, points like, he's yeah. just you know throwing like, volume and getting... exactly he's like if what he did to Glover to share I think that was the best performance we've ever seen mm-hmm. and in that he was lighting to share up for five rounds before getting the finish right so he's yeah, exactly. known for he needs to find that rhythm and once he finds that rhythm it's very difficult to stop him so mm-hmm. Badum yeah. props to him and his coach Rafael Cordero for getting that right completely in terms mm-hmm. of he his range management was very very good never gotten to the range Gustafson wanted and got that finish props to him yeah. I think he this is over his UFC career is over it would be damn cool to see him against Ryan Bader and Bellator for the title I think that would be <laughs> insane but I don't know what uh, what's going to happen because yesterday on Twitter Chatri the owner of one not owner promoter mm-hmm. of one had announced that he they they've come to an agreement because in one championship they have some rule that uh they won't let any manager just uh, manage their fighters right you need to have certain credentials and they pass you okay. and only mm-hmm. then you're allowed to manage certain fighters so okay they had uh, come to an agreement with Ali i think it was yesterday day okay. yesterday that i'm not sure so mm-hmm. suddenly you know that becomes an option as well so for for the one or he could go and there's a lot of money there for, yeah for him Even Bellator, I think they'll pay him quite a bit, considering he has yeah. the name value. He fought in strike force under Scott Coker before, so yeah. that relationship is there. So yeah, I think his UFC career is over. I think he did whatever. He beat Cain Velasquez. He won the title. Everything. Mm-hmm. So time to move yeah. on. To the, on a good note is insane. Unlike yeah. Paige Van Zandt, he won the fight and <laughs> has all the leverage yeah. now with him. Yeah exactly. And the other thing you said about like he's done this kind of you know transitioning from that from the back and threatening mm-hmm. a rear naked choke to the armbar like he's such a high level jujitsu player that like he probably disguises it so well and then even if he's threatening the rear naked choke you can't ignore that you know just by because you're anticipating him moving to an armbar like he's so talented you know and such a good jujitsu player that you you have to react to that and then he's just so quick at moving from that to something else like it's he's just you know it's really impressive performance from him yeah even like i think it was luke thomas or somebody had said it as well that he changed his grip like mid yeah. like while that was happening because in order <laughs> to get a better angle like it's yeah. so seamless that it's so difficult yeah. to uh, props to olinik man that guy is also insane if he got yeah. got away from that but yeah props yeah. to him that was that was mad Um and then moving on we have 
Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez. Esparza won it in a split decision. Overall, I think, okay, I'm not a huge fan of Carla Esparza. I think her striking is pretty bad and she's not the smartest fighter. Like, well, she was making a lot of mistakes. You know, just when, when she had Marina Rodriguez on the ground, the amount of elbows that Marina could land on Esparza was like crazy. Like, either she should take, you know, move a little further away and then land heavy shots when she comes in, which she was yeah, having some she, success. She with. should have postured yeah, up in posture, order to land. Exactly. Yeah, very difficult. Or, yeah, or go in, you know, go in closer and try to, you know, either pass the guard or something. But she just stayed at that range, which just let Marina get all those easy elbows in, which was, I think, just a huge mistake on her part. You know, another very close fight. I was, again, I was only sure about round three that that was for Carla. Round, round one that. also was very clear for Marina, right? Because when Carla went for the leg lock mm-hmm. submission, which is so silly. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she kept on yeah. working. It's because she, yeah. she, she, <laughs> changed, she changed camps and mm-hmm. uh, like she was uh, talking a lot about, oh, how I've improved my jiu-jitsu and like that's how I'm, what I'm going to prove and everything. But her coaches were telling, stop going for the fucking leg lock. They literally said that. But I don't know yeah. what, may, maybe it was the elbows. Marina Rodriguez also has very long legs. And I think mm-hmm. that was issued. Carla is a very small girl, right, in terms of height. Mm-hmm. So it was very difficult, I think, for her as well in order to posture up and uh, land those shots. I think first round was very clearly Marina Rodriguez. She messed Carla up. Carla's eye was messed up. Even though Marina was yeah. on the ground, I, I don't think Carla did any damage. She she yeah, exactly. getting hit with like, those elbows and then she went for that stupid leg lock. And yeah. then Marina just destroyed her. <laughs> and then even she was just staying in that she was, sorry. she was just staying in that really bad range where she could get just easily hit yeah, with those elbows. In that guard. Yeah, that's why, I, like I think, like I say, you know, I don't think she's a very bright fighter because she she just kept eating those elbows without either, you know, posturing or trying or just you know trying to pass the guard or anything. She just I didn't understand what she was doing at all over there. And then the random leg lock. You yeah, know. the leg lock was the one which was just I was not able to understand why <laughs> why she would do that at all. But I guess yeah. it is what it is. Uh, yeah. I the second round as well, very close round because Carla. I think in terms of positioning and control, mm-hmm. she had, I think, about two, three minutes of it. She got her down and mm-hmm. she was, uh, but then she again went for the leg lock towards the end of the round. And Marina again yeah. did more damage over there. So how are you going to score that? That becomes very uh, challenging because in terms of damage, yeah. Marina won it, right? But like, yeah. what do you do about the fact that she was controlling her to the ground? I mm-hmm. personally thought I think... Marina won the fight yeah. two rounds to one. But like I wasn't mad about it. Also, the fact that I predicted Carla by decision didn't like <laughs> maybe influence that at all. It didn't influence it at all, right? I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. But not a robbery for sure. Not a yeah. robbery. Let's make that very clear. But yeah. yeah. But like you said, like the takedown. Even if you have, like, even if they can't get back to their feet, if the person on the bottom is doing more damage, then they win the round. They, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They should, for sure. You know. It seems like it's even worse than, you know, than like, how, how do you say it? Like, because they're in such a disadvantaged position and then they're doing more damage, like, you know, just even more reason to give them the round. To give that, yeah, give them the round, exactly. Moving on to our next fight. Beju. Uh, Paul, yeah, Beju, Paul Craig versus Gatsi Murad Antigulov. Paul Craig, Paul Craig with an amazing submission via triangle choke in the yeah. first round. 
Yeah, yet again. I mean, we were just so we when we spoke about this before, we just you know said these both these guys are submission specialists, and you know, and because when they're both submission specialists, it's usually striking hard to end up with one of them getting a submission. Yeah, but then you know, just it was just so amazing. Uh, I think you know, props to Paul Craig. He he did so well to hold on to the submission despite like you know taking absolute bombs to the face and you know, and his body from. Antugilov, um, you know, Antugilov got the takedown, but you know, Craig just managed to get that, uh, get that triangle in, and um, you know, Antugilov tried stopping the submission just by hurting Craig, you know, trying to yeah, basically so force his way out of it. it was so yeah, stupid, Antugilov. I don't know if Paul Craig yeah. had like gotten to. It. Did you see the way in the stare down before, where it was like super mm-hmm. intense because and like Paul Craig usually gets into people's faces, right? And then Antigolov okay, yeah. here, and then like, like I don't know what it was. And then apparently they had a scuffle in the back as well, where Paul Craig oh, pushed Antigolov. Okay. So I don't know if it was emotion or what, but I think he Antigolov is smarter than that. Like when he took Paul Craig to yeah. the ground, I was shocked. And then also when he was landing, like when he was going for the, mm-hmm. the submission, it wasn't like he's like a Vadum kind of submission where it was very sneaky or anything. It was so obvious, and yeah. like literally all his wins are yeah. coming from him yeah, setting up coming, the same yeah. submission from his back. How? Why would you like try to hurt him? Yeah, there are exactly. there are far bigger fighters who hit much harder than Antigolov, yeah. who have been landing bombs on Paul Craig, and he uses that in order to get that mm. submission and tighten it up even more. And yeah. the fact that he didn't see that yeah. danger at all. I think the UFC are going to cut him, right? That's three losses mm-hmm. in a row for Antigolov. Now, it'll be very difficult for him. Yeah. And yeah. he showed, like, such horrible fight IQ, man. Just yeah. horrible. Yeah, exactly. Silly, the way he did um, it. Dan Hardy, I think, yeah. I'm saying he's going for that triangle. He's going for that triangle. And yet, you see, <laughs> you, you see Antigolov, like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to punch him. This is going to work. And he keeps yeah. it up against <laughs> time. It was just such a silly mistake. But Paul Craig fights are always like this. I don't know what it is about him. But like that's what <laughs> I mentioned in the, uh, what do you say, in the pre-fight show, uh, pre-fight podcast, where I said, he's the weirdest fighter ever. And this is another yeah. example of that. Where, like, <laughs> somewhere. He just managed to. It out somehow, <laughs> but like, I don't like he just it's just so you know, he deserved props for like because he was taking real bombs to the face, it wasn't yeah. like you know, but still just for yeah. holding on to that submission, focusing on it. And then, I mean, obviously, Antigolov, the stupid decision by him instead of fighting it, instead of fighting the submission, defending you know, it, yeah, defending it, yeah, he just tried to, I don't know what he was trying to do, whether he thought he's gonna because it works sometimes, like when you're getting. You're in a bad position. In your yeah, but Alfonso Menafield fought Paul Craig. Yeah. And uh, he knocked Paul Craig off. Like when Paul Craig was on his back, he completely yeah. knocked him out cold. It can happen. Yeah, but exactly. I don't think Antigua so, I mean, has that possible, kind of power like, yeah. in order for him to take that risk. Is all like It mm-hmm. made no sense in this scenario. If it's yeah. Engano and Paul Craig's on the ground or something like that, obviously yeah. go for that because you can switch. <laughs> then you want that. Yeah. Not when you're Antigua, when you obviously yeah, you, you don't have, everybody has the power to, but I don't know. It's just weird. Mm. If you hit the right place, it'll go, but yeah. I don't know. Silly decision. Yeah. I mean, and that, yeah, now that poor decision like that could cost Antigua his place in the UFC. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Anyway, then uh, moving on, our next fight was Alex Cowboy Oliveira versus Peter Sabata. Oliveira won by decision. Um, I think 
Oliveira won every round in this. It was pretty pretty clear dominant. to me, you know. Yeah, yeah, dominant. His the use of kicks was just you know amazing on and on point. The body kicks, especially, very important in this fight. They both tried to land you know land the kicks, but most of the time Sabato was just trying to respond to Oliveira. Um, you know, Sabato tried a couple of takedowns, but Alex landed you know a lot of damage in you know with elbows while he was trying to you know in the clinch. Hmm. And uh, we know while Sabato was trying to get him to the ground, yeah, and he even dropped him, I think, in the second round. So, yeah, yeah over, after he kicked him in the balls from, and what you say, poked him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, after that, yes. <laughs> 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 might have helped him a little bit, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think Cowboy's range control was just perfect. Beautiful. You know, kept yeah. Sabato at the you know at the right distance, and I think Sabato should have. Uh, you know, before we were talking about how Alex likes to likes to draw people in into these Brawl. just wild yeah. brawls. Yeah, I think this time Sabato maybe should have, you know, got into that second. brawl. <laughs> yeah, got into it exactly because yeah. he, at, at this rate he was just losing. You know, no doubt. So he needed to get in there and you know maybe try something from. He had know, to try something closer range, but yeah, exactly. I think what you say you called it brilliantly in the podcast before where you said Oliveira by decision but I don't think we expected Oliveira to win in like a technical manner right like how he did yeah yeah exactly uh, <laughs> I think Peter Zabota he he was all week he was talking about how he got that he has a Polish boxing coach one of the like a really good Polish boxing coach and he was drilling a lot his about his yeah. boxing his boxing his boxing Oliveira never gave him the chance to reach that boxing yeah. range at all. He kept him at distance. Those body kicks were yeah. hurting, yeah. man. In that first round itself, yeah. he hurt him with a body kick. Then, and he just continued yeah, exactly. from then on. Obviously, Oliveira has to do some shady shit. So he kicked him in the balls <laughs> and then poked him in the eye or whatever. But I don't think that was the reason he won the fight because that was like he. He man that range management you mentioned that and I think that's a perfect way to describe it is that range management was beautiful. Yeah. Does kick he still kept it at kicking distance, kicking distance, kicking distance, mm. and he hurts the bottom really bad. I I was I was thinking after he yeah. him going to the body so many times that he would go for that high kick because you could see Sabota's uh, hands mm-hmm. go down to like start yeah. like block his ribs a bit and to like yeah. the impact of. So I was expecting him to go high, but I, he didn't need to. He, he was stuck with it. Yeah, he won a dominant, dominant decision. Yeah, I mean, and as much as much as you like to see, like you know, just wild brawls and you know, the entertaining. I was pleasantly surprised surprised to see you know cowboy take this approach, you know, and yeah. not just go for that. You know, very, it was a very smart fight from him. Yeah. He got his tactics on point, and he stuck to it, and he kept his movement consistent throughout the fight. And it was just, it was good to see him. You know, fight smart, and then moving on, you know, uh, comes out Kimaev versus Reese, <laughs> absolute domination. You know, just picked up Reese, carried him to his corner. You know, his own corner. Yeah. <laughs> Put him on the ground and then just hammered him. He literally carried him across the octagon. Yeah, and this Reese isn't the first like, time he's done it. Like, there were clips yeah, after yeah. that all over Twitter showing him do that multiple times that he just goes <laughs> and picks him up and puts him in his corner. He's like, yeah, it's over now. Yeah. Like, Jesus. It was like, it's like something you see on like National Geographic or something where like the whatever, like the leopard or whatever just carries its prey and takes it home. That's literally what he did. He just picked yeah. him up, took him home and then just 
Wolf. Beat the shit out of him. They called him the wolf for the reason. <laughs> Man, that was insane. Again, recently, like we mentioned in the post, uh, in the pre-fight podcast, yo, don't judge him based on this fight. This is a horrible yeah. fight for him. He went That's up good. to 170 in order to fight him. This is not mm-hmm. him. This is a bad matchup also for him. So don't, like, what do you say? Be like, oh, okay, he got smashed by Kamzad. He's shit. He isn't yeah. shit. He didn't have a training camp or anything. Give him the mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt. I think he he'll be a fantastic fighter. You know, just yeah. he was completely outmatched when it comes to this. I, he he showed yeah. his toughness as well. He took a lot of shots, man. Yeah, he took a lot of clean shots. He showed that he was tough. I thought that Kamzat would switch the submission because Reese was so tough, but mm-hmm. Kamzat is just relentless. He didn't. <laughs> He, didn't, he just beast. wanted to smash him. He just wanted to smash him. Sm- <laughs> I want to smash him. <laughs> but like, yeah, just, I feel bad for Reese. I want him to get like a proper start in the UFC, yeah. you know. Full training camp. Next fight. Yeah, full training camp. At a, you know, at his proper weight, weight class. Yeah. And not, not fed to an absolute fucking monster. Like, yeah. Hungry <laughs> monster. I want to fight every monster. week. Yeah, I, I could get used to seeing him fight every 10 days. Yeah, <laughs> like, but honestly speaking, him calling out Damien Maya and all of that, yo, calm down yeah. now. Relax. <laughs> you have, you've got, I mean, you've got 10 fights on your resume right now. Yeah. Take your time because we saw it with Darren Till as well, right? The minute he fought Cowboy yeah. and then he mm-hmm. immediately fought Wonderboy after that, who was ranked number yeah. one. He beat those two, like Cowboy dominantly, yeah. Wonderboy close decision. Then you, yeah. there's even if you lose after that, you have to fight the top, right? You cannot go back yeah, down. Exactly. So young in your career, yeah. I think you give him like a Max Griffin or somebody like that, somebody yeah. who's outside the top fifteen. Even a Mike Perry, honestly, give him Mike Perry. He'll destroy Mike Perry. Give him. <laughs> give him Everyone likes to see that. <laughs> yeah. After especially after Mike Perry, punching that old man in the face and everything. Yeah. yeah give, give Mike Perry the Kamzat or even <laughs> Cowboy. Cowboy is a good fight. He's not ranked. Yeah. Give him somebody yeah. like that. Like, give him, let him get that experience. And if, especially yeah. if he wants to fight all the time, no problem. Fight, but yeah. I don't, calling on and everything right yeah. now, it's an interesting fight. See, not a smart move. Yeah, see, Kamsat could win. Like, he could beat RDA, he yeah. could beat Michael, but, Kiesa, yeah. all of those people are very good mm-hmm. matchups for him, and they're all highly ranked fighters. But yeah. then, you can't. It's all about the next step after that. Yeah, exactly. what happens after that? You, are, you can't go down from there. You have to and go, you know. We are going. And your hype train just builds over there. Yeah. Exactly. Not only that, but like, we also need to realize that he fought John Phillips at 185, whose wrestling yeah. is not that great, or, or, and his ground game yeah. is not that great at all. Then he went down mm-hmm. to 117, 117, he fought Reese McKee, who's a 155 pound fighter. So even though we yeah. know that he has all the tools to be a champion, in 170 yeah. and 185, yeah, he's a horrible matchup for Adesanya when you look at it. Like that constant pressure mm-hmm. of takedowns and everything is very bad matchup for him. But give him that time yeah. to prove. Don't just buy into that. Yeah, exactly. train, okay, just uh, what do you say? Strap those rocket uh, rockets to him and be like, yo, okay, do whatever <laughs> the hell you want. Be a little more intelligent. Like, Abib goes, I think this guy could be your next star for that Chechnya Dagestan market. Yeah. So it, you keep him, you build him up. And in, mm-hmm. so then, like even Habib, it's not like he 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 was dominant in his first few fights, but he mm-hmm. fought a lot of these 
like other fighters before he reached the RDAs yeah. and everybody, right? He fought yeah. the Gleason Tebas and slowly, slowly he moved up the rankings. Yeah, exactly. I think you should have a similar thing for Kamzat, especially since he's mm-hmm. active and doesn't look like he's very injury prone as well. He made weight very yeah. easily. So I think you keep him active, you keep him, get him that experience and slowly he can move up one step at a time. Mm-hmm. There's no hurry. It's not like the UFC are desperate for stars right now or anything of that sort. So you give yeah. him time because he really does have the attributes. We haven't even seen his striking yet and his striking is really good. Mm-hmm. He, he's yeah. from that uh, uh, team in Sweden. Jimmy Manua, yeah. all of these guys are killers, man. And they're 205 exactly. fighters and heavier. Like Jimmy Manua mm-hmm. and all, uh, Latifi, Gustafsson, and all, all of them want to move up to heavyweight. So Manua obviously retired, yeah. but he was talking about it. Gustafsson moved up. Latifi fought Derek Lewis. He also moved up. So he's mm-hmm. fighting with all these top level. And they're all saying that his striking is really, really good. But you give him that time, let him go one by one, feel how the, give him a legit 175 pound, 170 pound fighter now. Who's yeah, but like maybe between the, you know, 10 and 15 or something, but not or straight. Right, into... right outside the top 15, I would yeah, say. Yeah, then exactly. give him Because even if you look at the top, the outside the top 15, you have Vincent, sorry, in 10 to 15, you have Luke, mm, you yeah. have Jeff Neal, yeah. you have Neil Magnus. Yes, All of yeah. them are, have so much experience in the UFC yeah, exactly. and in fighting in general. So yeah. I don't think you give him a fight like that yet. Give him one. one yeah, one outside fight. the top 15. Yeah. And then after that, who's a legit 170 pound fighter, not yeah. some short notice or okay, like he wants to fight so regularly. So we'll give him some 155 pound fighter who's going yeah. up. No, <laughs> give him a legit yeah. fighter. Let him test himself with that and then slowly, slowly you mm-hmm. build him up because he really does have the attributes to be a champion. Yeah. I don't want to see him go through what Daryl Till mm-hmm. went through and then you see him now, he's just fighting a lot of killers even though he's competing with all of them and we know he's yeah, a and he's just, yeah, But he's not winning. Yeah. Exactly. And it messes yeah, and with their confidence also. Yeah, exactly. He's a young guy. And like, yeah, and then like after every fight like we hear Daryl Till has to reinvent himself and exactly. stuff like that because he's, yeah. And then like that's a big problem a lot of these fighters make you know they've got a massive hype train with idiots like us jumping right on and then no, they get we're jumping to the head and then they just want know, to but yeah. move up as fast as possible and get to the top but in the long run that's obviously a bad decision for them and uh yeah and then i think i think comes that i think he learned english watching habib videos <laughs> <laughs> like habib talking <laughs> Fuck, he says so the exact similar. same shit. I want to give me one. <laughs> give me one. Hour, I want to smash him. <laughs> he said that he'll beat the 170 pound champion, 185 pound champion. And not <laughs> same oh, the same. He's a legend. <laughs> Even Habib <laughs> said that. No, give me Tony Ferguson and then give yeah. me Connor. Give me 15 minute water break. These Russians are just crazy. This Hamza, did he like. Grew up in Sweden or something? Because I know he right now he represents Sweden. In his, yeah, yeah. He grew up in like he's from he's Chechnyan descent. So okay, okay. But yeah, he's all his training has been in that same camp only. He's from Sweden okay, only. That's yeah. why he's uh, representing yeah. Sweden. Great fighter. Interesting to see where he goes from here. And then our best of the rest fight that we chose was Nicholas Dalby versus John Ronson. Another surprising end to that fight. Um, what did you think? I think Nicholas Dalby really got overconfident with the first few exchanges because yeah. in the first few exchanges he was hurting 
Ronson, right? He was doing yep. damage to him, but and then he started getting overconfident. And then his hands were down, didn't respect this guy's power at all. And mm-hmm. you get at at this level, regardless of who you're fighting and his resume, you have to give them the respect because one punch can land and yeah. it's over. So he landed a beautiful left hand, beautiful like. Yeah. He Dolby didn't see it coming at all because he was like no, you could see left. it. Yeah. yeah, like you could see that Dolby was not like I don't even know if he was not expecting the counter or what it was, but mm. he was just charging forward looking for the knockout. Like he guess he wanted to make a statement which he had to do, but mm. don't be, go in with like reckless abandon like how he yeah. did. But exactly. Yeah, then, it's sad yeah. to see because I really think Nicholas Dolby is a good fighter mm. and. I don't know what it is about the UFC. Maybe uh, the the exposure is too much, head, too yeah. much pressure. Like I don't know yeah, what it is, nothing. but it's because there's a lot of fighters who choke on that big stage. Like you know, yeah. when they do well outside, and as soon as they get in, they I don't know. They guess they can't handle the pressure or something. Because even now, like he seemed to get too excited because he was having a lot of success on the feet. Like you know, his distance and the reach. He was, you know, he's using his reach well, applying a lot of pressure and just landing a lot. But then got overexcited and then one, you know, one straight left, he got clipped and then it was easy to finish him from there. But sad. yeah, oh, it's sad to see exactly. Because yeah. he's a good, good fighter and he needed this win. Because I think this is Jesse Ronson's first fight back in the back, UFC. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. So, and this is this Nicholas Dalton's And also Je- Jesse Ronson is uh, is a 155-pound fighter. He's not even a 170-pound fighter. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, so... What do you say? This was that's what we were talking about, right? It was perfectly set mm-hmm. up for him to make a statement, but yeah. he got a little too reckless. Yeah, seems like a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Like, you know. Hopefully, he comes back anyway. He's one in one, so I know they won't cut him, yeah. that's for sure. So, hopefully, he comes back better than ever. Yeah, before is, I mean, it's worked out well for Ronson, you know, yeah. fight first fight back and he gets this, you know, round one submission. Two things I want to talk about on the card before we finish talking mm-hmm. about UFC and then we'll obviously talk a little bit about Bellator. But uh, yeah. two things I want to talk about the UFC. One was, uh, what do you say, Darren Till's teammate, top Aspinall, the heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Oh, what yeah. a fantastic fighter yeah. he is. Jesus Christ. Exactly. That knockout was amazing. Obviously, he was oh, like... He was overmatched in terms of he was fighting somebody who was not on his level. But damn, yeah. man, keep an eye on that guy. His striking looks clean. Yeah. Man, the second. No, yeah, that was such a crazy knockout. So sharp and just looked so sharp. So yeah, and so exactly. crisp also. It wasn't yeah. any sort of labor. The accuracy, was so, yeah. Accuracy, yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Picked his shots and took it and just executed. Yo, that Darren Till's trainer, Colin, oh, fantastic guy, man. I don't know what he's doing in yeah. Team Carbon, but it's working. <laughs> These guys are insane strikers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. second thing was, oh my God, Herb Dean, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, what twice. What the hell are you doing? Okay, first one wasn't as bad, but that second one, oh my God. Uh, I, are you talking about the Trinaldo? Herb or Trinaldo one? Yeah, oh Jaya, but yeah, what the hell? He was out and he's like... Ronaldo didn't want to hit him again, and he was like, "You could see Paul Felder standing up to say stop the fight." Yeah. Dan Hardy at that point, obviously Dan Hardy Shouted. getting a little emotional because yeah. he knows Jai Herbert. Right? Jai Herbert was in okay. Cape Warriors. He's a UK mm. fighter, yeah. lots of hype behind him, and also like Dan Hardy is, uh, I think, a John. I wouldn't say journalist, more analyst for BT Sport as mm. well. So he does a lot of interviews mm. with these guys because 
I think they do a fantastic job in promoting these UK fighters. And, yeah. and he, like yeah. he had some emotion to it. I don't think he should have screamed at Herb at that point in time. He should come out later <laughs> and said it. Like, it, but I don't think he was like it was anything that he, oh he was out of line this that and everything yo yeah. stop the bloody fight even herb dean when he came out with his video he was he all he was doing was talking about how it wasn't dan hardy's place to say stop the fight mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. not once Nothing. did he mention yeah. about his stoppage which is yeah. like, jai herbert was out cold before exactly. he like, before he and then, hit the ground only he was out yeah. and there yeah. was no intelligent form of def- like our dominic cruz like he has at least a point when he was complaining about the stoppage because he was on his <laughs> way up this dude's legs yeah, exactly. didn't move at all they were frozen <laughs> yeah. because and then, yeah and then he took like four punches from tronaldo before he stepped in and like tronaldo first of all was standing over her forward yeah. didn't want to throw any more and then you know he can't just waste you know expect yeah. give her a Obviously. chance to get up because he so, was losing yeah, that fight up until that punches. point yeah exactly yeah and then three or four punches later finally hope dean steps in that was just a bad refing it was it was yeah. shameful to see something especially some yeah. young prospect like that man he simply taking first and foremost it's a devastating knockout he was doing so well I think that Ronaldo weight cut yeah. did affect him. He missed weight by five pounds. Sorry, four pounds. He weighed in at one sixty. So I, what do you say? Yeah. But he kept his power, more like a Yoel Romero esque moment where he was losing most of the fight and then lands that beautiful <laughs> looping left hand because Herbert yeah. had hurt him twice. He was landing good knees. He was do. Yeah. He looked really good, honestly speaking. Like he looked a lot sharper. Looked like the real deal, Herbert. But yeah. uh, that punch. knocked him out and i think herb should have done a better job man protect these younger guys you can't have them take unnecessary damage like that yeah. it's it's not cool and it was clear that he was out like the way he just dropped to the floor you know and hit his head on the way down and all of that stuff yeah but yeah what are you going to do okay so now I'll let's talk about bellator before we finish mm-hmm. this podcast because the two fights we had mentioned the bottom that uh, the jason jackson won but it wasn't anything crazy not a great fight like his edruth yeah. fight was really good but um, this fight was very scrappy not that great but my oh my did aaron pico look good we, he mm-hmm. i don't know what greg jackson's doing to him but hey man keep trading over the he did exactly <laughs> what we all expected him to do right was he yeah. mix in that wrestling with his striking he did that mm-hmm. beautifully more comfortable as well with the wrestling and grappling exchanges because before it was it was more of because as wrestlers it's more of positioning right not more of advancing yeah. and doing damage sort of thing so he looked so much more comfortable and dude aaron pico really looked like the real deal in that in that fight obviously we all know he's he was overmatched and we were we were joking about yeah. saying he picked up somebody from <laughs> the street <laughs> street in order to uh, yeah. pad his record but exactly. in terms of if you look at the technique and his development from those knockout losses then you could see a little mm-hmm. bit more like development in his last fight and then in this fight you can see that there's progression going and i think he's fully committed you could see that you could always see that Aaron Pico was completely committed to training they were saying he was a freak while he was training yeah. always committed yeah. to it so i think this is a good step for him i think he's the best 6 and 3 fighter in the world right now like who is 6 and 3 at that age but yo he's yeah. he's amazing and whenever he's fighting next regardless of who he's fighting you're tuned in because that man's the real deal and uh, 
another one was Sergio Pettis, Ricky Bandejas. Mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, even though Sergio Pettis won that, we talked about it where he hurt his opponent last time really badly, right? And then he choked yeah. Uh, and then, so, but we knew that at 135, if he fights like a legit 135-pound fighter, it's not, he doesn't have the power or anything to mm-hmm. knock them out. Actually not much, because yeah. he's, he's a much smaller guy than all of these. Yeah. You see, Ricky Bandejas is tall as hell compared to uh, mm-hmm. Sergio Pettis. But, and Mike, oh my God. who Mike Goldberg, I think that's his name, right? Mike Goldberg, who is former UFC commentator with Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. is virtually yeah. identical and all of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bandejas to Anthony Pettis. I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> oh my God. That was just, I had to mention it because that was one of the most, like it was so weird. Even Josh Thompson and uh, John McCarthy mm-hmm. on the broadcast. Stop chatting shit. I want to Keep quiet. Yeah. Let, us, let the professionals like, uh, handle it. <laughs> it's like that other ESPN guy. What's his name? That, he's, he's like a commentator for every sport. Uh, Stephen, Stephen A. Oh, or something. Stephen A. Oh, Stephen <laughs> yeah. Stephen A. <laughs> Fuck that guy. But, <laughs> uh, at least my goal work has been like with MM, like MMA yeah, exactly. for a long time. So we give, we give him at least some sort of benefit as a doubt. But this is just stupidity to say something like yeah. that. But I think Sergio Pettis really, he was landing kicks. He was closing the range. Bandejas only... I think last minute of the fight is when he got his rhythm, then he was doing a lot better than Pettis did. But um, yeah. I think Pettis did really well, maintained his range, his composure. And I think he did. Mm-hmm. He, he fought a very good fight and he's going to fight. Uh, I think Juan Archuleta is fighting Patrick Minx for the with vacant 135-pound uh, belt because Horaguchi, obviously, he, he was mm-hmm. supposed to defend it and then he got hurt and he had to relinquish the title. So these two are fighting for the 135-pound belt. Yeah. It's already, this was deemed to be the number one contender fight for that vacant belt. So he's going to fight for the 135-pound belt next. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see how that goes. I'm interested. Or yeah. he'll be, I think, yeah. majorly undersized. But he, let's see how, how good he is. And we'll really know how good he is when he fights those two, the winner of those yeah. two. It's good to see him having some success in Bellator. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's got the skill. For sure, he's got anyway, the skill. Uh, young also, 27, 28. <clears throat> like, he has so much time yeah, to exactly. and grow into this division as well. So He's got a good future ahead of him. That's our show for today. Um, thank you for listening. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Casuals MMA Podcast and email us at casualguidemma at gmail.com with any feedback or suggestions. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show and tune in on Friday for a, a preview of the next fight night, which is Brunson versus Shabazian. Uh, it's another you know good card. So we'll see you there. Only I'm Manish. Main event. And I'm Abhishek and we're signing off. Peace. Thank you.